Welcome to episode 60 of the Pump Up The Jam podcast. My name's Jess. And I'm Sam. Welcome back if you're a returning listener. And hi if you're new. Happy December. Well, I it's mean... December! There's only going to be a couple days left and then it's January. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> we hope you've had a good Christmas, actually. Yeah, an excellent one. Yeah, and you're going to have good New Year's plans. I don't know yes. what I'm doing. I'm not doing anything because I'm boring. I don't ever do anything on New Year's. Getting drunk at home, probably. I might stay up. I might not. I might just go to bed. I'm getting old. <laughs> I am old. Have you seen my friend? Look, my friend. Oh, hi, friend. <laughs> I've got a massive spot for the listener who can't see. It kind of just looks like a, a beauty spot, you know, like one of those. That's because little... you can't see it in real life. Well, let me get closer. <laughs> oh, Gross. that's basically what my face looks like pretty much all the time. But no, thankfully, at the moment, it's okay. You're so clear. So, how's your month been? Um, it's been okay. It's, I'm feeling a bit weird because we only did this like a week and a half ago. <laughs> but it wasn't a proper episode. It was a new bonus episode. It was bonus, bonus wrapped episode, yeah. which we were very excited about. That has actually been my highlight. Oh, nice. Of December is the fact that we've got to actually do that because normally we have to keep it in and not talk about it. And it's quite upsetting for both of us because we want to share and get involved in all the hype around Wrapped and we can't because we don't want to ruin it for when we do the Wrapped episode in January. Because we like kind of authentic reactions. Yes, but yes, to we be do. fair, you kind of wait. A month and then it's like oh yeah because we're just like oh okay. oh yeah cool yeah. yeah cool good good for you i've had mine for about a month i don't care anymore <laughs> yeah don't care anymore. so yes that that was a highlight of the last month other than that i have seen noah's nativity which was really really super cute um apart from we made the mistake of sitting at the front and he was at the front and a, a kid got upset and went and sat on their mum's lap. So he was like, right, I'm, I'm going to do, do that too. So that's what happened. And he was really excited about singing and everything. So I was a bit disappointed for him that he didn't finish oh, like, bless his him. songs. And then he got really funny. He wouldn't let us take a picture. Like all the parents were allowed to take pictures of their own kids uh, at the end. Yeah. But he got really funny and just wouldn't let us take a picture of him. So... <laughs> That was good. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Noah. <laughs> and then I've also been to it. So Evie had a Christmas concert at her school. So I went to that too. So she was doing singing there. And that was lovely. And then she also had another, so she does another singing thing, a club. And they had a concert in a freezing cold chapel in town yeah. that we all went to. And it was absolutely beautiful. It was a really lovely evening. But it was so cold in this chapel (laughs) I was just absolutely freezing like it was just before the snow wasn't it yeah it's like the temperature just dropped completely yeah but the singing was absolutely excellent and very emotional very emotional I was with her little solo Mm -hmm. bless her proud so proud I forgot huge thing oh yeah 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 yeah. 
We got tickets to the weekend stadium tour again, <laughs> which let's just discuss the fact that we were lied to. We were lied to. So the original tour, when he cancelled it because he wanted it to be bigger and better, he said that anyone who had tickets would have priority in the next round. That was a lie. We did not have priority over anyone else who had priority. So if you had Spotify, if you were a Live Nation member and followed him or however else, you still mm. got priority. We all, we had to, we were all in the same pot to fight for these tickets. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really unfair. I thought we were going to get like a day before or something, like a pre-pre-release, something like that. We didn't. No, so I didn't it, even actually get any, other than like a generic email of like, like oh, Live Nation, yeah. yeah, the weekend tickets and then listing like other stuff. I literally didn't get any correspondence about, That's- hey, by the way. The tickets are going to be back. Yeah, no. Yeah, it it was like awful, really, really poorly managed. But we got get tickets. Yeah. So very exciting. Thanks. And whereas, (laughs) (laughs) whereas last time Jess booked and we booked, like you booked tickets for you and Ash, and Ian booked tickets for me and him, and then we found out that we were sat a row behind each other and going Mm -hmm. on the same day. Yeah. This time we actually have booked the tickets purposely together. Yeah. Although, so we will. in fairness, like last time you asked me if I wanted, you were going to get tickets for me and Ian. And yeah. I was like, oh, I can't justify spending that money right now. And then Ian bought them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then it was kind of like the other way around where it was like, I don't know. Ash isn't getting yeah. back to me. I don't know if I can justify it. And then it was like, well, he's just going to, Ian's just going to book anyway. And it was like, okay. And then I saw where the seats were, and I was like, "Yeah, no, nah, can't, can't say no, can't say no. We've got to see him." I'm oh, excited! I am really excited. excited. Yeah, me too. Oh yes, all of those things made an excellent November slash December. Yes. Oh, can't wait! So excited. So yeah, my I feel like my month's been it seems like it's it's been quite busy. I feel like I was really festive. And then I got really, really busy, and now I'm like, oh, shit, it's Christmas. The time that we're recording, it's literally Christmas in four days? Four days. So it's a bit like, oh, shit, okay. So first thing was sort of mid-November, we went to Sugg's DJ set at the Delaware. <laughs> um, and it's the most probably the most eventful thing I've ever been to in my life. So dad is like a huge like Scar Madness fan. So we booked tickets ages ago. Claire got him tickets. So we're all up for it. Good night. We turn up the um, supporting DJ. She was really good. And Suggs came on sort of at one of the last songs she's played. And um, he took the mic. I couldn't understand a word he was saying because he just... Seemed like he was very, very drunk, if I'm honest. Oh, So he came on at 10 o'clock and he was on time, to my surprise. Um, And he was supposed to be on for two hours. So 40 minutes passed. He starts off with One Step Beyond, so the crowd goes wild. mad, as you would. Obviously. And then from then on, it was about half an hour of just good songs but he just wasn't reading the crowd very well and you could just tell that the crowd was getting a bit restless oh dear. and 
I've gone out because I didn't know where Claire was. So I've gone out to find her, chatting with her and my friend Karen, because Karen was randomly there. And then we get, we see all these people coming out and I'm like, it's only been 40 minutes. What's going on? And Karen's boyfriend comes up and is like, yeah, no, um, he stormed out. <laughs> and then I think Ash came to find us and says, yeah, he said, oh, I've always wanted to be a DJ, chucked a vinyl into the crowd and then stormed off. So everybody's leaving. And I'm like, but we, what? It's only 10.45. Like this is supposed to go on till midnight. Anyway, we hang around, we come back in and literally there's like hardly anybody in there, but he's back on stage and he plays for another 40 minutes or so and he starts repeating songs that he's already played. So again, not reading the crowd very well at all. And I think what a lot of people's issues were that he wasn't playing madness songs and I don't expect to go to a DJ set for the DJ to play their own song so I kind no, of I find that really weird I'm not kind of in an agreement I mean it would have been nice maybe if he did like a couple but yeah he just wasn't reading the crowd very well the songs that he was playing were just ugh, wasn't getting the crowd going and then yeah for a second time he just stormed off and it got so bad that people were booing him. The staff were handing out slips to email in to get a refund. And even one of the security was like, yeah, as you can see, he's very unwell. We're literally having to peel him off the floor right now. Oh <laughs> so, my gosh, what? And on top of that, really, uh, past Suggs just being drunk and, you know, whatever, there was, so at the Delaware, um, it's really cool because you kind of have steps down to like the standing area mm. and then you have side bits where you can stand, which are a bit higher up. We're down on the floor bit over to the side so we could kind of put our jackets in the corner, but still have a dance, whatever. I'm stood there and all of a sudden I feel wet all down my arm and my leg and my foot and I'm wearing a very nice skirt and a t-shirt, feeling all good about myself. I look, this lady who is above me does not even realise she's fucking dropped her drink all over me. What an idiot. I literally turned. She was just looking at the stage. I had to tap her hand and I was like, excuse me, you've just dropped your drink all over me. And she was like, oh my God, I didn't even realise. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> somebody else did it on dad and then somebody else did it a third time super weird how do you not know you're dropping your drink are they really yeah. drunk no this is the issue um okay. so yeah that was bizarre anyway the bizarrest thing i've ever been to at the delaware in my life but on a plus side we then went to brighton we did a drag bingo which was hilarious Ash obviously ended up winning a prize even though he's never played bingo in his life of course god that boy I know. And then we recently went to Bedgebury Christmas Lights as well, which was super cute because the snow was still there as well. So it felt really festive. And I've never been to Bedgebury before. And it was just really nice. Drama to then really nice Christmas activities. <laughs> yeah. So. Albums? Albums. Go. So my first one is Brockhampton. Yes, I saw this. Yeah. So... It's a bit complicated because actually they've released two albums, but 
mainly I'm going to be talking about the family, which is the one that I mentioned last month. Yeah. So it's 17 songs, 35 minutes, 24 seconds. Okay. So, yeah, there's a lot of songs, but they're all very short. They're about probably about a minute, two minutes long each. So this is their seventh album and, yeah, was initially being sold as the final album, but that's not true. Okay. A lot of people were like, oh, my God, they're doing a Frank Ocean. They're releasing one album to get out of their contract and then they're going to drop a bomb-ass album at midnight, which, I mean, yeah. Would have been okay. <laughs> yeah, so they then released TM the day after. Yeah. I have just so many feelings. Let's start with some positives. So production on The Family is fire. I love it. It's got a very like old school hip-hop nice. feel. There's some nice kind of old school R&B feels to it as well. Cool. There's a lot of samples in there. Being very selfish, I kind of wish that they had moved into this kind of sound way before the kind of final album. Yeah. And there are some really strong performances on there as well. There are moments that really pack a punch and make you go, oh, shit, you know, and you can't help but, like, nod your head. Mm. But this is kind of where it gets a bit tricky for me as I don't think it should be listed as a Brockhampton project. And I think if people want to disagree, then, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. But me personally, I don't feel like you can list this as a Brockhampton project when all you have is Kieran, who formerly was known as Bareface, as an executive producer. And then other than that, you've just got Kevin Abstract rapping on the whole thing. Okay. There's no other Brockhampton member that features on it. That's weird. Yeah. So the theme throughout, as I sort of mentioned last month, I was thinking that it's going to be very self-aware about the breakup of the band and yeah, all of yeah. that. And yeah, it totally is that. This album is basically Kevin just airing all kinds of drama, which okay. is interesting to hear, but I felt so awkward at times. And I know that sounds really weird. But it was just, I was listening to it and I was like, oh my God, why are you saying this stuff? Like, I feel like also when you're addressing a breakup of the band and all of this drama, then maybe it should have been addressed by the whole group. Yeah. Maybe not just one side. It makes you wonder, like, if everyone felt this way or if it was just him. Well, I think this is the issue is that seems like it comes across as quite toxic and at times and to be fair he does even admit to him doing wrong by other members okay so he even admits that he's like he continued to talk to Amir who was the member that got kicked out after all these sexual assault allegations oh yeah I remember that yeah that caused a rift in the band because he's obviously continued to talk to Amir there's even him admitting that he's having serious calls with other band members and he's constantly thinking of the arts and he's wanting to film everything that's happening. Why did he want to film it all? Because he's always thinking about the art side of things. That doesn't make any sense. So he's obviously like, right, I want to create a documentary and we're compiling all this footage kind of thing. I don't know. And then he's kind of off focusing on his own image rather than being a part of the band. All this kind of shit. And to be completely honest, I think I've always seen Kevin as being the member that thinks he's the main guy. Yeah. Which 
you know, that might be true. But I, I just have a bit, and especially the last few years, I've had a bit of an issue with the way he comes or the way he projects himself. So he can be quite cocky about it. And it just always seems like it's always got to be his way. Or the highway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's how a group should function. And oh, no. Yeah. I just feel like personally over the years there are other members that as well that that deserve way more time than him mm. as well. I know that sounds quite savage, but that's another topic for another day. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. And I think it explains a lot about the experience we had when we saw them at the start of the year. I just kind of wish that they'd cancelled now, if I'm honest. Okay. They probably couldn't, yeah. Yeah, I understand that it might be contracts you know they couldn't get out of it but yeah I just disappointed and then they dropped TM the day after which is a Brockhampton project because it actually has the whole group on it but it's just not good I think they said that Matt had picked it up they kind of started it about like a year or so ago no one wanted to finish it and then Matt picked it up to try and finish it and they've released it and it's just yeah, I'm not going to revisit TM if I'm honest. And yeah, I just can't believe this is how they left it. It's really sad. And yeah, the drama. But the production's really good though. <laughs> we just have to remember them as they were. Yeah, I think it's just sad like on a closing statement that Amir was such a problematic member of the band and his departure is kind of the thing that messed the whole band up. R.I.P. Brockhampton. Sucks that you went out this way, but hey go do your your solo stuff live your best lives I don't know that being said do you have any favorites I do actually (laughs) (laughs) I really like take it back boy band and the ending okay cool (laughs) way to start the episode what a way to start the episode well with that I'm just gonna go straight in with an album that I listen to called Black Girl Magic. It's by Honey Dijon. It's 15 songs, 52 minutes and 16 seconds. So she is a DJ and producer from Chicago, but she lives in New York. Nice. Um, She featured on Beyonce's Renaissance album, specifically with the song Cozy, which is one of my absolute faves on the album. So this album is obviously her as as a DJ and producer, and then lots of people, different people coming on and, and singing. The album is a party from start to finish. Nice. It's a proper house album with um, some disco and funk kind of twangs chucked in. And she's really celebrating being black and queer. And it comes with a kind of really clear message all the way through which is Love is Love and Be True to You. And it is just a proper party album. It's one of those albums you can put on like while you're doing stuff, you're getting stuff done. Like I've had it on whilst I've been working, doing data and, and reading reports and stuff like that. And it you can have it on in the background and it makes you feel really happy whilst you're nice. listening to it. And it's just, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. It's just an absolute bop. So short and sweet for me on that one. My faves are Love is a State of Mind, which features Romana Renner. Drama, which features Remarkable and Dope Earth Alien. In the Club, which features Eve. Nice. Work, which features Dave Giles II, Cor East and Mike Dunn. And Love Me Like You Care, which features Hadia George. Nice. Sorry, a lot of faves. It's such a good album. I genuinely, it's just brilliant. 
really, nice. really enjoyed it. And Jess came across it. I didn't particularly know who she was. Now I do, and I'm like following her and all of that jazz. Yeah, really, really interested. I love that. You always want music that makes you just, even when you're working, just puts you in a good mood. Yeah. It's almost like subconsciously, it just goes in. I'm just like typing, like <laughs> bopping away, <laughs> dancing, typing. Again, that you're working. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Not magic. <laughs> so my next one is an EP. So it's by Phoebe Bridges and it's called So Much Wine. So it's only six songs, 21 minutes, 49 seconds. So it looks like basically that Phoebe releases a cover of a Christmas song every year. Oh, I didn't know that. And she's done this for like seven years now and I just didn't know. <laughs> or she's at least, she's done, I think, no, this is the sixth cover that she's done. But basically this EP is all of those songs that she's covered. So this year she's covered Handsome Family, So Much Wine and all the proceeds from this will be donated to the LA LGBT Centre, which is really cool. I saw someone describe her as sad Christmas queen Phoebe and I was like, this is... <laughs> exactly it brilliant that's the perfect way to sum up all of these songs really I know Christmas is about a happy time and all of that but she definitely has an interesting take and it's definitely not what you expect when you listen to a Christmas song I think no there are some that are a bit a bit more depressing than others but there are others that are just very stripped back and kind of emotional in a way of like you know when you listen to a song and it's so like not basic, but it's very soft and it just makes you feel like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to cry. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, some of them had like a slight country feel to me as well, which was cool. Um, but no, her voice is great. And yeah, there's not really much else to say. Covers a Christmas song. You can't go wrong. So I really liked the seven o'clock news slash silent night and have yourself a merry little Christmas. Oh, cute. Yeah. See, I've stayed away from Christmas songs. That one I thought was an exception. I think it probably is. It sounds really cool. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not what you expect. So I wouldn't expect to go in feeling like this is going to be Christmas spirit, <laughs> if I'm honest. Okay. Uh, so my next one is No Thank You by Lil Sims. It's 10 songs, 49 minutes and 56 seconds. And I'm so sorry for stealing your thunder. It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) I can still talk about it. It's okay. So the first things I wrote when reviewing this were, wow. Just wow. Chef's kiss. Just beautiful. What an album. This This is Little Sims' Fuck You to the Music Industry. She's going really hard, laying out all of the shit that she was put through, the hoop she jumped through, making money for execs who didn't give a shit about her and the industry that failed her when she was struggling with mental health issues and gave her no support. And she is literally no holes barred, just gunning. And it is amazing. It is so good like mm-hmm. not only is she talking about it as in the rap industry but she's talking about it as a woman as a black woman in the rap industry yep. she's hitting all of those bits and everything that she's had to fight for and everything she's done it's just fucking amazing yeah and her flow the energy the pain the vulnerability and all of that coupled with the production <laughs> yeah it's just insane 
absolutely insane. There are songs where there are just really tight beats over strings with gospel choirs. Yep. Like old school funk that blends with acoustic piano and R&B singers, like backing vocals. It's just an absolute masterclass in speaking your truth. And Inflo, who produces the whole album, it, it couldn't have been... It, I don't think you could have got a better combination. I really don't. I, oh, I, uh, yeah. I I'm obsessed. Know. Absolutely obsessed with it. Yeah, I literally can't even tell you how many times I've already listened to this album. <laughs> she literally is, I just, as I said to you, I feel like she's so underrated. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the emotion is so raw. And I think she has a charm about her that I love. I feel like I just, as soon as I played it, I was obsessed and I just love how she goes from, yeah, like classical to this incredible flow. And then she has like a really upbeat song that just makes you go, oh shit, like you can't help but nod your head. And yeah, I, I'm just obsessed with her. I love her. She's my girl crush. <laughs> I love She's her. Just, it's just brilliant. I mean, that is all I'm saying about it because I just think you need to go away and listen to it. And I think if everything I've said doesn't, make you want to then yeah. I, yeah, I just find that you just strange. gotta do it you've just gotta go and listen and list actually listen because I think you will get pulled in by the production anyway like a lot of people are production first aren't they and yeah 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 well that's kind of how I tend to listen to things is it's not until you know several listens that I'm like oh yeah I've actually taken in the lyrics <laughs> that's what it's about I agree you just have to go listen multiple times just to take in what she's actually saying and the yeah. messages it's definitely not one that you just listen to once and like yeah cool see ya yeah so my faves from this album were gorilla which is my favorite track on the whole album Mindful. and also reportedly little Sydney's favorite track just so <sighs> nice uh silhouette heart on fire and broken Ooh, okay they oh. are my faves just yeah definitely one that's going to be on repeat yes it already has been for me I yeah. love her I love her so much I love her I love her <laughs> I love her so my next one is by Ibrahim Malouf and it's called Capacity to Love so it's 15 oh. songs 53 minutes 58 seconds so gonna be completely honest the only reason I actually listened to this album was because there was a song that came up on my release radar and it okay. had Della Soul on it and I was nice. like okay this sounds really good so Ibrahim is a jazz trumpeter oh that's cool yeah so on the Financial Times, it says Malouf's high profile career spans both classical music and jazz and his music blends Middle Eastern cadences with European harmonic movement and the blues. He's a fluent improviser and a master of the quarter tone trumpet that his father invented. What? Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool, isn't it? Yep. And also, this is his 15th studio album. Oh. <laughs> It's just a little bit late on the uptake, are we? Yeah, just a bit. But I feel like, you know, if he's doing classical music and jazz, there's a lot of different stuff that he obviously was doing. Yes. This is very like a very different artist for me. But yeah. I loved it. I think this album, based on how I've just described it, isn't actually how you would expect it to sound. Hip hop is a large part of this album, but there's also some pop in there. There's some funk. And the features are really impressive too. 
You've got your fave, Gregory Porter, on there. I'm in. You've yeah. got me. <laughs> so there's Eric the Architect as well, Della So, as I said, JP nice. Cooper. Remember JP Cooper? Yeah, I do remember JP Cooper. Cool. And yeah, from not hearing any of his past projects, but reading into him, it seems like he's really tried something different with this album. And I really respect that. You know, from a classical music point of view, I think it's really easy to box artists in. Yeah. And you only expect a certain tone of music. But this really shows how diverse instruments like the trumpet can be. I know that sounds really silly. It doesn't sound silly. It's really cool to hear how easy it kind of fits in with production like this and how it fits in with different genres as well. Also really cool, the album starts off with Charlie Chaplin's speech from The Great Dictator. Nice. Which, yeah, is a very powerful speech about anti-fascism, people rising up against dictators and sort of, you know, uniting in peace, that kind of thing. I'm pretty sure that's the start of another album, but I can't remember which one. Anyway, carry on. Tell us if you know. (laughs) I remember. And it ends with a poem called Our Flag, which is written and performed by Sharon Stone, the actress. Yeah. um, Which has a really similar theme as well. So it's interesting because even going back to the Charlie Chaplin speech, that's something that's still really relevant today. Yeah, which is sad. It is really sad. I think you know what I take from that is this album really celebrates different artists from different countries cultures genres and really highlights that you know how powerful we can all be when we come together and yeah it's just a really fun album and definitely will get you moving whether that's you dancing head nod whatever it is definitely a a big surprise but I really really liked it so the songs that I liked were Better On My Own which is with Elamida, hopefully I've said that okay. The Pope, which is with D Smoke, and Quiet Culture, which is the song featuring Della Soul. Cool. That sounds really, really cool. It is really cool, and I would highly recommend it. I think, again, it's something a bit different, and you just got to try different things sometimes to see what you like. True enough. So, my final album is SRS by Scissor. 23 songs, one hour and eight minutes long. So it's a, it's a, it's a long one, people. It's it long. is long. And it, once again, I apologise for stealing your thunder. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> She's going to be slagging me off the hard. After We're like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> two albums I can't talk about next month now. Great. No, it's fine. It doesn't matter. So according to her interview with Rolling Stone, Scissor was ready for this album to be hated and even had her mum and dad come and stay with her for support in preparation for the hate. Uh, It was not needed. I feel like maybe where that's come from is because people have been waiting, like Frank Ocean, people have been waiting for an album from her for so long Mm, that maybe she's just like, I can't, I don't know if this is going to be good enough. Yeah, I think that's exactly where it's gone. She, oh, she, yeah, she just didn't think it was good and has spent the whole time leading right up until it was released. Like, even like the day before it was released, she sent a message to like, the record company saying, let's just pull it. We'll, we'll release it in January. Oh my God. She's and they were crazy. like, no, it's happening. Just stop worrying about it. He's crazy. <laughs> um, it was not needed. All of the reviews that I've seen are 
massively positive and I for one love it as I know you do too mm-hmm. um so in her interview she said that she stepped away from her nice girl rep and that this album is also inspired by lost love it was really sad to read that she felt like things changed for her in the music industry and that she got more kind of recognition mm. when she lost weight that's yeah oh, and she sad. really feels like that was a massive thing yeah for her and I suppose this album is almost like a fuck you to that yeah as well the album itself is really 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 good they're various producers but the album it still feels like a like a rounded and full project her voice is just as always just so beautiful mm-hmm. and melodic I think is the best way to yeah. describe her voice. She also does a bit of uh, rapping in it, which is brilliant. She, she's re- so she's cool really, really that. cool. Yeah. And I just love to hear her like melodic, beautiful kind of, I don't know if I would describe it, like almost flowery, her voice. Like it just, it's so beautiful. It's very like iconic, I think. Yeah. Like you can't, I don't know. You scissor, can't pinpoint scissor. it. Yeah. I can't, yeah. But that hearing that beautiful melodic kind of enchanting voice singing like singing shit talk is like one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and this is why I love her. <laughs> and she's just got so she's just got a real kind of self empowered. It's like she's found her power, and yeah. this is what this album is celebrating. And I am so happy that it wasn't called. And I'm so happy that her. Record, that the record label were like, no, it's happening. Just we're doing it. And yeah. pushed it and that she can see now that actually it's fine. Also, what's quite interesting is she's kind of trying out different genres, I think. So, yeah, as you said, she does a bit of rapping, but there's also a bit more of like a poppier sound. Yeah. And then there is a bit more of like a indie pop kind of vibe yeah. on one of the songs. Yeah, it was quite nice just hearing her try out different stuff and not feel like she has to just... Do what is expected as well. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. That is all I'm going to say about that. Uh, my favourite from the albums were Kill Bill, Low, Smoking on My X Pack, and Forgiveless, which features ODB. Yes, I love. That's probably one of my. No, that is my favourite. I think the ODB one. I think Kill Bill's mine. Oh, I do love that though. It's brilliant. That one. Brilliant track but really cool. (laughs) Really cool. It is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. She is I love you. (laughs) So my last one is by Connie Constance and it's called Miss Power. So it's 12 songs, 42 minutes, 29 seconds. So her Spotify bio says Watford born indie rock goddess. Nice. I like it. So this is only her second album. Um, I've previously heard singles from her and really liked her sound and the the kind of confidence that she gives off. But reading into her, so she went independent during the pandemic as it seems like her first album wasn't truly her vision. I think the record labels were trying to stereotype her. (sighs) So... Like all artists are doing in the recent few years, which we absolutely love, she kind of blends together various different genres. There's elements of indie, there's pop, electronic, there's punk in there as well. And yeah, there's just some really catchy indie guitar melodies with rolling drums. Oh, so good. And then there's almost some more like delicate 
folk-like tracks that really put her vocals and lyrics right at the focus. Throughout the album, she actually switches between singing and spoken word as well, which is really cool. I really love that. And I think it kind of gives it like an emotional rawness as well. Yeah, it kind of blends really nicely with like the indie rock feel. Mm. And yeah, it switches between softer and heavier moments as well. And I love how she almost makes it all seem very effortless as well. And there's times where her delivery as well really reminds me of like the streets and block party. Nice. There's definitely also some like block party vibes laced throughout the album as well. That's really cool. Um, which I think you'll really like. Yes. Yes, I will. Yes, you will. <laughs> the production is also really good on this album. There's some really nice soundscapes. I think that's the best way to put it, especially on sort of like the quieter or softer tracks, should I say. You know, kind of like instrumental, kind of like, you know, the Little Sims album where you've kind of got not maybe so grand but there's bits in the background that like again when you listen a few times you Mm. pick up different stuff yes yeah and it's really yeah there's bits soundscapes that are really really pretty this is another great showcase of having influences and having like a nostalgic kind of sound but adding your own twist to it and as I said before and as I will always say it's just really refreshing hearing a female in this sort of space um, I love her. I think I found a new fave. So, yeah, I'm excited for you to hear it. I think you're you're gonna like her. I, it sounds like I will very much like her. Yeah, it's it's really really good. So the songs that I liked: "Till the World's Awake," "Miss Power," and "Yuck." Yuck. 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 Ugh. On to singles. So my first single is "Pink Panthers." Do you miss me? It's part of a three-song single, which I know makes no sense to me. So you know when you go on and it's like, you're onto Spotify and you click view album. Yeah. And it takes you, and then there's three songs, but it's a single, Mm -hmm. which is really frustrating for me. Yeah. Because that's not a single, that's three songs. Yeah. But it's, I guess it's not really an EP. It's not an EP, it's not an album. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a double A side. Yeah, I don't know. What we what we would old school would call a double A side. So anyway, it's part of a three song single, and I've written make of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> All of them are great, but this one's my favourite. It's just signature Pink Panthers, her lovely voice over a kind of like D and B background. What more could you want? Yeah, it is good. I have heard that one, but I didn't realise there was two other ones. Two other so, ones. So my first one is No Shock Paramore. The news. Oh, shocking. Shocking. So they've released a new single and I've put, I just need their album now. <laughs> I can't wait. I need it now. <laughs> um, so they've gone a little bit heavier for this track, but again, has like a real British feel to it. Nice. Uh, the guitar melody really sounds like an early, like Arctic Monkey song. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, oh, there's a lot of attitude as by the title. It's all about sort of the news and how you could kind of. I don't know, you're just tired after hearing about all of this news that's going on currently. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, as I said, a lot of attitude. I love it. Cannot wait for the album. Give it to me now. Give it to me immediately. Now. So my next one is Brie Runway, Being That Girl. It's just a fancy banger about being that girl who has it all and is getting that money. Oh, I wondered what you were going to say then. (laughs) What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to be like, get in that D. I was going to be like, whoa, okay. Money, money, money. Not the D. (laughs) 
the other exciting thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mm. (laughs) My next one is Mike and it's with Sister Nancy and it's called Stop Worry. So there's a few different vibes going on. So you've got Sister Nancy's like dance hall vibe. And I originally thought it was like a sample from a Sister Nancy song, but it's not. She actually is just on the track, which is really cool. But you've also got like a 70s, 80s like synth going on. And Mike's like rapping is really cool and effortless, just over the top. It just all works so well. But yeah, there's so much going on, but it doesn't feel like a mess. It just, yeah, is a really good time. And yeah, definitely has been on repeat far too much, but hey. So my next one is Marie Dalstrom and Delil Ankra, and it's called Clouds. I've spoken about Marie before. She's just got a really lovely voice. So she was on a project. I can't even remember what the name of the project was. I think it was like four songs, four seasons, something like that. Oh, yes. I think yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, and she's just got a really, really beautiful voice. And it's a great kind of modern R&B track. Both her and Delil have beautiful voices. Nice. My next one is Umi, U-M-I, Umi, hopefully that's how you say it. Yeah. And the track is called Say I'm Your Love. So she's an R&B neo-soul artist. Nice. This is actually on an album that came out in May, but I've saved it, so I definitely am going to go listen to it. This track in particular has like a, it does give me a real scissor kind of feel. So straight away I'm like, right, I'm in. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just, yeah. R&B, Neo Soul, great. Boom. She's great. Boom. And my final one is Neo Rise Up, which is from the Step Up Season 3 soundtrack, which I didn't know was a thing. I didn't know that either. But there you go. That's happening. It's like quite a hard R&B track. It's hard going, like punchy. (laughs) Punchy. Hard. It's quite passionate is how I would describe it. So it's not your slow jam. It's not your standard Neo slow jam. That's what I'm on. trying to say. And I just really liked it. And I shall be looking into this Step Up 3. I didn't know they'd made that into a television series, have they? I Is that what's happened? Either. I don't understand because it does say Step know. Up Season 3. So I, I must They made it into a series? A series. And we've missed oh one. Uh, seasons 1 and 2. <laughs> I honestly have too much to watch at the moment. I can't be adding more stuff to it. <laughs> <laughs> My last one is by Dana and Alden and the track is called Bound. So they are brothers and on Spotify it says, along with a troupe of multi-instrumental artists come together to create jazzy neo-soul melodies. Oh, wonderful. This is a cover of a Kanye song. Sorry, I should say Kanye because we can't... Kanye. It's like Voldemort. Um, (laughs) And... To be fair, I am a sucker for the original track. Uh, But this is basically just an instrumental cover. And it's just really cool because, yeah, it's just a real jazzy feel to it. It's really chill, really cool. And I've really noticed how much, like, jazzy stuff I've been listening to lately. So 2023, who knows? It's the the year of the jazz for Jess. I'll be going to jazz bars. Jazzy Jess. (laughs) Jazzy Jess. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Record of the month. So my record of the month this month is Like Ellie 47 and Whitney. Obviously. And it's called Impossible Things. Goosebumps. Actual goosebumps everywhere. 
when I heard this. So this is from the upcoming I Want to Dance with Somebody biopic, mm-hmm. which I cannot fucking wait to see. When does that come out? It's soon, isn't it? Well, the premieres were this week, so <sighs> okay. I'm assuming it's really soon. So I haven't really kept my eye out for music that has come from it, even though I know I'm going to love it all. Obviously. But this came up because obviously like Ellie, Spotify kind of thinks that I like her. So I'm not sure oh, where I it's... I wonder why. that impression from anyway um yeah so it came up for me and literally as soon as it started I just stopped everything I was doing yeah and I was like what is this magic yeah <laughs> it is really good it's so good I sent it to you and I was like ah! <laughs> so my record of the month is by Q and it is called today so I've spoken about him before and God, this was quite a while ago, and I said, oh, he had an album out, I didn't realise, so I'll go listen to it, which I did, and I've just kind of got a bit obsessed with him, and I saw that he basically had done kind of like Pink Panther, so it said that he'd released a new track, but then when I clicked on it, it showed another track as well, and I was like, what, what? So yeah, he's released two tracks, so I'm hoping that this means a new album soon. And this song really reminds me of a mix of Childish Gambino and Frank Ocean. Okay, cool. And to me, that is like, oh, that's perfect. And it starts off almost like an 80s ballad type of track. Okay. And then sort of halfway, maybe even further than halfway, the beat drops and it turns into like an 80s funk dream. Okay, Honestly, it's been on repeat and it's to the point where it ends and I just put it right back to the start again. But I feel like you're going to really like it. Yeah, I just love him. I love him very much and I'm hoping, yeah, new album out soon. Fingers crossed. Funk and jazz. Funk and jazz. You just love the funky jazz funk. funk. Funky jazz. Honourable mentions. I only have one. Okay, you go first then. My uh, my first honourable mention. So, you know the UK band Slaves? Yeah. So, they basically took a bit of a hiatus. Yeah. And they have actually changed their band name. Okay. And I just wanted to talk about it because I feel like as a band that is, that's your brand. Your name is your brand. Why, why have they done it? So... Talk to me. Basically, they wrote out a whole big Instagram, you know, note. Yeah. Right, just to read a little bit of it. So, when we called our band Slaves, it was intended solely as a reference to the grind of day-to-day life. As younger men, we responded to criticism of the name from a place of fear and defensiveness. Feeling backed into a corner, our own pride caused us to fight for a name we weren't even sure we wanted anymore. It felt at times as if our band name had defined us and we were scared of what might happen if we changed it. However, we now recognise that our original intent doesn't change the fact that the name Slaves is an issue. In this day and age, we believe it is very important that people change and make improvements no matter how far down the line they are. The name doesn't represent who we are as people or what our music stands for any longer. We want to sincerely apologise to anyone we've offended. Nice. Yeah, obviously they've received a lot of criticism over the years, I'm guessing, and they've just taken the step of being like, actually, does it matter if our name is that? No, because if it's upsetting people, 
then we'll just change it. So yeah, I just thought it was like a really huge thing as a band to do. I think it does take a lot of courage. It does. And I respect that, yeah, they've taken that big step. So now they're going to be called Soft Play. That is their band name. Okay, cool. That takes a lot, like you say, of courage to say, hey, we were wrong, we were young. And so we're going to do something about it. Yeah. But even coming from the point of view, right, our intent wasn't that, but actually we've heard the criticism and actually thought, right, that's going to offend people. So we'll change it. And I, I like that. I think, yeah. yeah, it takes a lot. So yeah, I just saw it and I was like, why? That, you never hear of that happening. So no, yeah, hats off to them. I agree. Very well done. Well done. Well done. Um, so my honourable mention is the Food Aid Charity track from Lad Baby. This is the first time that the Band-Aid song has been officially allowed to be amended. So they've, they've got that permission from Bob, Bob and Co. Okay. To actually change the words, to change it and to use it. And I feel like that is a massive thing. And you know, when you're looking at a lad baby charity track, you know it's not going to be particularly serious. serious. Yeah. He isn't a singer, nor, nor is his wife. And they have taken the comedy charity route with this one, definitely, in getting Martin Lewis involved. Uh, which is crazy. In singing. I found yeah. hilarious, especially because I think because last year they had Elton and Ed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to go from that to Martin Lewis. Well, I feel like he's quite important. He is important. Like, he definitely <laughs> is. Definitely. And he given he gives a lot of people reassurance and um is really trying to help battle, you know, what's going on at the moment in terms of the financial climate. Yeah. But I think they're they're doing it in the kind of it's the word that I'm looking for. <clears throat> they're they're taking it as it should be. They're they're yeah. doing a charity single for charity. It is not a good song. Yeah. It isn't. The lyrics are dicey. (laughs) But the fact that they've, A, got permission Mm -hmm. to change it for the first time in like 30, 40, 38 years, because I think it came out the year I was born. I think it's an 84. So the first time in 38 (laughs) years it's been able to be changed and amended and actually got permission. It's auto-tuned to buggery. Obviously. But I just love that they're so passionate about that cause that they've mm-hmm. managed to get all of those permissions that they've got Martin Lewis singing that mm-hmm. he's like, I literally can't sing. And actually out of the three of them, I think he can sing the best. So that, you know, says stuff. Ooh. I just think it's amazing. And I really mm. hope they do it again. I really hope that they get a Christmas number one because I just think it deserves it. How many have they had? The money. This will be like number, I want to say five or six. I'll double check. Hang on. I feel like they've been going for a few. Did they ever get number one? They yeah, did, they've all they? got number one. So this will be their fourth. If they get number one, this will be their fourth consecutive Christmas number one. Oh, my God. So I think just for that and the fact that it's raising money for such an amazing cause, so 50% of the profits will be go to the Trussell Trust mm. and 50% go to Band-Aid. And I just think it deserves to go to number one. But we'll see. I, I feel like they will. I feel like people I are a sucker so. for that kind of stuff anyway. Not, I mean, I don't mean that in a horrible way, but I mean, like, you know, when it's a bit more of a gimmicky yeah. track. Like, as you say, the lyrics are not great no um 
but I feel like people just like it because it's just normal people. Yeah, that and that's exactly it. Like their book, their kids' book went to number one. Oh, that's cute. Uh, the Christmas kids' book. I actually had already bought it for Noah. I was quite chuffed when I found out it was number one in the kids' times top 100 or whatever it is. I was really pleased cute. for them. It's not great music, but it is for a great cause. And I love that. Dip your hands in your pockets, people. <laughs> Buy the single. Buy it. I know it's weird though. People don't really buy things anymore. No. So. You can still buy it. But I think streaming, all of that streaming stuff counts, doesn't it? Yeah. Get it played. So my last one, always got to get some sort of TV show movie in there. <laughs> but this is a documentary. So um, Last Chance You Basketball came back for a second series. Yes. We literally binged it in like two days. Last Chance You, I've literally watched it from series one, from when they did American football to where they moved over to basketball. And this show literally every season grabs my heart crashes it a little bit <laughs> and then blows it back up and makes me feel very happy and just excited for these kids and yeah so series two there's a lot of drama as always throughout because it's to do with the um, Huskies which is a college team which basically is full of troubled kids, basically. Okay. And they're basically getting almost like their last chance to kind of make it into like the big leagues, basically, or just help them do well in life. Mm. And yeah, there's just so many kids that you just feel so bad for because they've got so much shit going on. Yeah. Um, and then they're being screamed at by Coach Mosley, who, you know, also has a lot of shit going on. And it's just so real and so raw. And I think it's just an important reminder that take every day as it comes and just try your best. But also don't be mean to people. Just, you know, everybody's got something going on. And I think what I really liked about this series is that there was a player, his name is Josh, and he actually has autism. And he doesn't actually tell anybody because he feels like his whole life he's been judged by it and treated differently. And... Coach Mosley, in an interview, basically turns around and says, you know, straight from the outset, I knew there was something off with this kid. I've never taught a kid like this before. And it wasn't until Josh's old manager or old coach or something got in contact and was like, how's he getting on? You know, because of, and I can't remember how he phrased it. And coach was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you know, his autism and coach just pretended like he knew. Yeah. And then from that, he then changed the way that he was coaching Josh and, you know, taught him a lesson of actually, again, don't judge everybody and think yeah, every single one of these kids are exactly the same. But, oh my God, it's just amazing. I think even if you don't like basketball, just go watch it. Um, You get so involved in these kids' lives and – Oh, yeah, it's just incredible. I love all these people. And I hope it comes back for another series. On a plus side, the soundtrack is also amazing. There was a lot of, like, funk, old school funk throughout that just really, like, picks up the scenes. They're, like, when they're playing in the middle of a game and, you know, it's not looking good, then all of a sudden the music picks up and you're like, right, they're about to bring their shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, would highly recommend it. Cool. So, that is the end yeah. of today of this month's episode. We will, as usual, produce a January 
playlist, something to see you through your January, but also all of the songs that we've spoken about today will be on a playlist mm-hmm. for you. You can find out information about us, about the podcast, um, and links to all of our social media and the playlist on pumpupthejampodcast.com. Yep. And once again, it's been a fabulous year. Thank you so much for being with us. I know, crazy. And we wish you all the best for 2023. We do. Happy 2023. Happy. We hope you had a good Christmas. We hope you have an amazing new year. 2022, done. Boom. Bosh, finished, over, completed it, mate. See ya. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Um, But yeah, as always, get in touch with us. Let us know what you've been listening to. Yeah, just have a good 2023. We'll see you in the new year. See you in the new year. We appreciate you. We love you very much. (laughs) We do. Peace out. Bye. Bye.